ഫേസ്ബുക്ക് and back from the dead welcome everyone ladies and gentlemen to the next episode of the thigh gap podcast this is episode number 5 my name is bogus noog and my co-host is being brute welcome to the episode brute what's going on another new episode you know what that calls for what does it call for brute to let everybody know what we're talking about ooh what are we going to talk about today Well as you guys know uh, this is a humorous podcast you come here for the humor uh, for uh, apart from all the other things and immodestly or otherwise brute and I consider this to be our trade uh, hopefully in the future humor what about humor itself do we properly do we really understand everything that goes under that one word humor so brute let's start with the very definition itself what is your definition of humor we all have like a superficial understanding of what what is funny what is comical or you know what is humorous and then there there's the subjective aspect of it which is i find this funny yeah, yeah. i don't find I this don't funny i don't find this funny we all have our own understanding of what it is yep right yep, so yep. for me bogus it's a uh, it's a very interesting thing and uh, i think it is the ability to exaggerate something to a point that it doesn't make any sense anymore da da the as uh, what is there in russian da yeah da, yeah it doesn't uh, ma- make any sense anymore therefore it is uh, it becomes laughable i agree vladimir i what i think is anything that makes you laugh is humor my friend my brother my padre yes my brother from saudi arabia uh basically for me humor is i think first of all humor exists everywhere yeah right it's it's like how they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder yeah is the same with humor yep if you can see the funny side of anything if you can figure out the humor part of anything mm-hmm. then it exists for you or it doesn't exist for you right yeah i think the aspect where humor becomes uh, something that is everywhere is where 
there is a place where comedy and tragedy meet right and right. because of the conditions of our lives in general i think that's where we see that as funny and that becomes like one of the kinds of humor that we will go into true that true that true that so why do you think it exists in the first place uh one is for just so that the saying can exist that laughter is the best medicine that is one thing for sure mm-hmm. and the second thing about why humor exists because i think it balances the other emotions that we have if you okay. see for example i mean we have a lot of sad emotions we cry we have sorrow we have you know we go to dark places in our mind right there's so much of complexity on on the negative side of emotions no those and places if, they be so dark so dark so dark so dark no current at all no electricity yeah. always a power cut nonsense but if you look on the happier side there's only so much that you can there's only so much that you can experience yeah right like what else can you experience beyond happy ecstatic which is basically a magnitude of happiness yes but you know they all function in the same way i feel that they all give have the same effect on you i mean you be ecstatic you be happy you be uh i don't know what is that i don't know other words for happy <laughs> content content is a form of happy i is i mean is that a direct synonym for happy or no i think uh, happy is a very momentary thing whereas if you say content then that means a state of mind it is a state of mind it is not so momentary anymore you pretty much that's your default state right so now coming back to the question is why humor exists i think that is the only tool which helps you experience any form of happiness or positivity on a regular basis right so you're there saying there is enough out there mm-hmm. already that can put you to put you into sadness right so you're saying it is a way to connect you to happiness yes absolutely that's that's my philosophy okay and yes. my my own theory would be it is a way to process uh challenges or difficulties or disappointments which all lead up to the big daddy the subconscious fear that all of us have the existential fear of death itself so mm-hmm. i feel like humor is a is our way of processing difficulties and challenges and subconsciously death mm-hmm. and also kind of rebelling against it a little bit and also it's a way to because you can't make sense of it all it's a way to cope it's a coping mechanism yeah i think yeah, i would second that also uh another thing that i also want to ask is do you see levels of humor like do you is there a possibility of to go out and seek for humor because i personally feel i mean why i'm asking that is uh-huh. uh i personally feel humor is a solution to a lot of lot of identity crisis a lot of crises yeah right humor like yeah. emotional mental crisis not physical crisis say if my like if your leg is fractured then mm-hmm. humor might not be the crisis solver but but at the same time some unfortunate event but you have to live with this uh reality that say you don't have an ability for example right okay humor fulfills that humor humor can take any form mm. right and it can make you feel more fulfilled yeah right uh it's also a socializing uh catalyst in the sense that if your leg is broken you don't find anything humorous in that but 
your friends who visit you know they'll be laughing so yeah imagine if you couldn't laugh in that situation being friends that you have to just go there and be somber all the time and yeah. be like oh you know oh, i'm so sorry bro yeah. even though that we know uh, it's just a leg like, it's a clean fracture is going to be all right in a few days yeah and that's why we it's laugh it's a solvable it. thing yeah yeah and hum that that is why humor exists right and that exactly is what humor for me it is it is that power that you can get mm-hmm. when you search for mm-hmm. which can help you in different situations of life it is a defense mechanism or a shield of sorts it is an empowering shield i don't think yeah. it's a defensive shield so this Sometimes. is another thing for a, like a lot of people feel a need it's like this rap thing that is going on nowadays right for example all rappers all upcoming rappers or whoever right. are rapping about this child abuse or like adversity like or that, something yeah. like that yeah so but that's not a compulsion like for you to be a good rapper mm-hmm. you don't need to go through a lot of pain to like write a good rap true, song true and the same thing is for humor it is it is understood as a defense mechanism but i don't think it is oh i mean different people use it differently some people it's a defense mechanism some people it is an empowering yes, thing for people who need it yeah. then definitely it is it is a very good defense mechanism yeah right it's a coping mechanism also i mean to put it in a different way defense mechanism is also you can also call it as a coping mechanism okay, you're going yeah. through a lot of nonsense as a kid yeah and then you turn to humor and start making fun of it yeah it is it is how you cope up to it right yeah which you're leads not- us to the next question which is how did it all start for us individually like if we look at it personally because with humor there's a lot of uh, subjectivity that comes into the picture as well yes so yes, 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 speaking yes. of defense mechanisms i get that when we were kids we all found something funny entertaining we all liked something funny because it's an obvious response right that uh, so you, are you asking like how did i realize i am funny or no what uh, was funny for me how did it start for you you know the humor like how where did it start how did it start so for me uh you can tell me what your situation is after mine so in my case like everyone as a kid i enjoyed funny things yes but it did not solidify until it became a major coping mechanism or a defense mechanism so when so i so it is it was a defense mechanism it was like, for me okay and that's when i started leaning into it a little bit more than usual So when I started leaning into it was when I was in school right I was in a boys hostel and there was a very clear pecking order and I was at the bottom somewhere in the not exactly the bottom but in the bottom section let's say hmm. so I was not physically strong and so obviously the physically strong people were at the top of the totem pole and for me to get my word across or for me to have any effect on them right I had to rely on humor because I couldn't really rely on my physical strength at that point of time. Now I'm strong as an ox. I mean, try it. You're shameless. But that's you know, what you want to say. Back then, it was a way for me to process what was happening with me and also to give back. If I couldn't hurt them with my hands, then maybe I could say something that will uh keep noodling his brain for But you the didn't next week. you didn't answer your own question. No, I did. It's a defense mechanism. So no, I'm saying okay, my okay, then you you're not you have to answer my question. and my question is how did you realize humor was a defense mechanism i mean see it could have been writing a diary right right or it could have been going alone and you know going in a room and sitting alone right could have been a defense mechanism mm-hmm. avoiding the whole scene is defense mechanism mm-hmm. right 
but how did you realize that humor would be like the best choice or how did you end up choosing humor as a coping mechanism i think if i can if i if i can remember it right now it was actually the difference in ass kicking like if i got my ass kicked for any usual reason right hmm. the experience of that was different than if i actually made up something about some guy and i taunted someone and when they got back to me with punches so so it was way more intense in the latter scenario you are talking about uh, effort to reward ratio you felt more you know you you felt more happy by giving it back in a humorous way no 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 what i'm trying to get at is see when someone is you are a sadist basically you no sadist no you you pride on sadistic pleasure none of this is true what i'm trying to get at is when they come to kick your ass right you are talking about literal ass kicking literal ass kicking okay literal ass okay. kicking like uh, primal jungle ah, stuff right okay so when you are at the receiving end of that now there was a lot of difference between how you got your ass kicked if it was for some trivial thing like not your fault you just people came and bullied you people just like, come they found you so they start kicking you yeah it's just about landing a few punches right. you know and making sure Showing that, that making sure that superiority yeah and making sure that you know the guy is hurt hmm. and that's a job done but but do you think they are justified in doing this with a face wait, like wait, wait. yours bogus as opposed to when they are kicking your ass for getting back at you because you said something or you taunted them or you pulled their leg or made fun of them then just by the reaction i could see and the reaction and by how hard they were hitting i could see how much it was actually bothering them it was bothering them way more than anything else i could have done you know so if their ass kicking is bothering me then my verbal quips are bothering them just the same that's how i could figure out that okay there's something happening here so this was a revenge mechanism more than a defense mechanism or because defense mechanism is technically to avoid the whole thing or avoid the blows coping mechanism is okay i got a blow now i'm going to cope up from it but what you are telling me is more like a revenge mechanism because you realized from and correct me if i'm wrong right you realized that when when somebody gave you like somebody physically attacked you and you reverted by mentally abusing them right right like you are using vocab as your tool right and your wit or whatever you know that is mm-hmm. and you felt that you caused more damage than they the damage that was caused to you well it was not about who would cause damage it was about uh making it a level playing field who had field. the last laugh no like making it a level playing field in the sense that there is a battle going on this guy has maybe like assault rifles and i don't have that i just have a knife but i also have mortar shells so i'm just going to use my mortar shells and try to fight him from a distance hmm hmm whereas he tries to fight me with the assault rifles you know it's that it's that kind of a difference basically i wanted to fight back and this was a great way because i saw what kind of an effect it so was so you having. chose your own weapon yeah right yeah and it seemed to come to me more easier than muscles for example <laughs> so uh, um, yeah i think it still comes easier than muscles well now it's like 50 50 you know <laughs> because just because this is a non visual uh, podcast mm-hmm. you can't lie to people just like that 
I'm not lying. Come to Kailash gym. You ask anyone about Bogus. Kailash? They'll tell you. <laughs> you come there, they'll tell you. Correct, correct. Mm. Who's Srinivas, huh? Who's the body? The, the obvious bodybuilders are Praveen and Srinivas. You ask anyone, they'll tell you. Srinana Srinana is the obvious gym instructor for any gym mm. in the place that you stay. But it's interesting, dude. Like, I... Um, it still sounds like a revenge mechanism for me. Um, Fair enough. From where I sit. Yeah, right? fair enough. The way I'm listening to the story or see, picturizing the story that you told. Like you're literally sitting right now. Yeah, I'm literally sitting. Um, where did it all start for you? For me, I think it just started... Um, I really can't put a finger on how it started or where it started. Earliest memories. Earliest memories of mine was the addiction to stage as a, or a performance. Okay. Um, the interesting thing was I was always into performing. Mm-hmm. And one of the early memories that I have was this fancy dress competition um, that I was participating oh, in school. so similar to mine, yeah. Okay. So I was in my second grade, if I'm not wrong. And my mom dressed me up like a joker. Okay. Right? And uh, till that time, I was just this aloof guy uh, from what I remember. Or I'm you basically... Clown. Huh? Clown. I'm not a clown. No, your mom dressed yeah, you Yeah, my as mom a clown. dressed me as a clown, as a joker. That explains Like a circus a joker. That explains a Scars lot. Scars of childhood. To how you are right now. Yeah, so, but don't mess around with this joker, mm-hmm. okay? Because you ain't have chance for a revenge mechanism when you hit me. Right. Got it? Mm-hmm. It's because your Kailash gym muscles, you can't show it off here. But what, what the, okay, so the basic plan was, I'll have a balloon in my stomach, inside the shirt. I'm going to go on the stage saying that, oh, my stomach hurts, my stomach hurts and blah, blah, blah. And then I pop the balloon and then like, hey, my stomach pain is gone. And then I just like whatever, come out of the stage. Yeah. And I really didn't understand why my mom was making me do that. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, So I just thought it was just a part of the whole act, right, of wearing that dress and being that part. And everybody else was coming in as a lawyer. Most of them came as Krishna. Some of them came as like a doctor or an engineer and they had to say this line that I am a doctor and blah, blah, blah. I would love to see the script of this one. Yeah. So that's just, it. no, imagine this is second grade, right? Right. And when I did that, for some reason, people laughed and they laughed a lot. I mean, yeah, the way you look itself. Yes. That is another, you know, the physiology of the character was funny too. Mm-hmm. So when they laughed, I liked it a lot. It was like, Somebody doing crack for the first time, you know. Wow, you, okay. Instantly, I felt like, hey, this is something that I don't mind doing again. Mm. And then I stood, I kept going back to the stage, right? I just, wherever I got a chance to be on a stage, mm. maybe school or that Ganesh Chaturthi time or, you know, wherever it was. And for whatever reason it was, mm. I would go back to stage. Okay, I would look out for a chance to go onto the stage. Right. And while doing that in the process... What also started happening is I started imitating people. Okay. Just because I could. Because There's I was no going, reason to it. Because I was going to ask, like when you say I was addicted to the stage or I wanted to be a performer and stuff like that. Yeah. That could go two ways. Like it doesn't have to go towards humor or comedy. It, Correct. You could want to be just a serious kind of stage. Yeah, actor. it's just like, you know, as long as people are there on, like as long as I'm there on the stage. Where right? you're beating your chest and you're scratching your hair out and you're uh, yelling and moaning and wailing on the stage basically you could have been doing that yeah yeah just like how you ended up doing things on stage i could have done that but i took the smarter way 
mm-hmm. and i started i think i started picking up on people's behaviors if i can go into the story of how i started doing that mm-hmm. my father used to take me to a railway station every sunday and he used to ask me to observe people mm-hmm. and tell me what they are trying to do mm-hmm. right and we basically used to have this small chat about oh this person is late and he's angry or this person is impatient you're analyzing people yeah you're kind of analyzing body languages and i used to come back home imitating these guys not understanding jack what these guys are doing right but i would start imitating these guys so mm-hmm. one thing led to another i started imitating my family members my friends my father's friends etc etc and, and all that for a laugh and audience forms in front of you and they clap the, every time you're done yeah and it's all for a laugh right that's it you get your hit and you get your high yeah you get so your that is that's how i started getting deeper into humor only later is when i understood oh this is called humor okay or this is called sense of humor mm. and i think in a way i was lucky to understand what was funny i think that is another thing which i was very lucky about mm-hmm. and not in sense of uh, you know on par with like say dave chapel or someone but at least within the room i was the quickest to understand what was funny or what would make people laugh right is this why you choose to spend your time in rooms where there are not more than four people no this is why i choose uh, to just sit with you in a room and make you laugh ah i get it you know I it get gets it. easier the lesser the people the easier it gets yeah. you know how it goes right that's how the business rolls bro yeah yeah but yeah that that is how i got into humor or that's how it started for me and only later on is when i kind of got deeper into it and deeper and deeper and deeper it's quite interesting i'm pretty sure everyone will have their own version of this uh, because it's such a subjective thing true true that and true that you guys want to say anything in the comments about your own experience now would be the time to do it it also lets us know that you've been listening this long what is it called watch time listen time what is our bullshit yeah i think it's listen time mm but types of humor there are actually multiple multiple types of humor most of you may be aware of these things already but just in case you were not there are different kinds and i'll ask you okay i'm just going to butt in yeah just like that because i can what kind of humor do you think i predominantly rely on i think uh, parody and slapstick impersonations okay yeah and uh, self deprecating improvisational these few things and you're saying so basically you're saying that and the whole deal no you just four deal four you have four in the list and which one is the best according to you my favorite is satire no for in me idiot in you yeah well i've never even thought of that why would i, I waste my time i ask tough questions even on a live podcast would i really want to waste my time thinking about absolutely. you absolutely you can you have to oh the questions the questions is so difficult i think i'm just going to skip over that it's too challenging types of humor uh. what are the different types of humor what you heard just now could be classified maybe as slapstick humor what is your idea of slapstick humor bro to understand slapstick humor for mm-hmm. me it's also situational comedy Right. Uh, no. So I so I don't so. know the textbook definition of what slapstick is well, but I'm I think really. one liners are what slapstick humor is. Okay, like for example for me my understanding of slapstick humor is more of physical comedy body uh physical humor like with the body and fart jokes and the burp that you so uh eloquently put out just now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you very much. All these things like basically your Charlie Chaplin Laurel and Hardy kind of stuff. Mhm. you were you were mentioning the definition or the 
theory being poor in theory but it's quite an ironical statement because if there's one category of humor that doesn't have a lot of theory it's slapstick humor so that's what slapstick humor is and we also have something called parody parody i know i think it's um, basically twisting and turning the real story yeah just there is an that uh, i know so you should give me marks for that there exists such a good student an original item and you're just spoofing or you're making fun of it you're staying very close to the original thing except a few subtle variations to make it exaggerated or funny i think that's parody yeah basically. and you're also making this sound like one ninth class literature class of course there's a board here yeah, i know we have stop doing that what else we cover slapstick parody you haven't told what kind of humor you like i said satire you only like satire only one style the best yeah i mean if i had to pick one or oh, pick top 3 top 3 for me would be satire um 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 ah ah I would go for parody, satire, and uh, improvisational. Lying oh, through your teeth, dude. I am because if I had you to like one, dark comedy, dark comedy. Yes, I oh, love. Oh come on! I, love I know you better than me. Sorry, so I know you better than you. Who Who's the one worth knowing, really? You in this room, exactly. That's and you point. don't know nothing, and you know only half of it. What else do we have? impersonations which everyone impersonations. knows impersonations yeah i think every great stand up or every great comic grew mm-hmm. up so impersonations and observational are very close according to me but yeah because impersonation is a subset of observational comedy mm-hmm. uh the more skilled guys uh, are also able to like bring in the physical aspect of it in the observational joke humor right right I think who do you think is the best impersonator? Best impersonator. Yeah. Oh, who has the uh, best impressions? That's a tough one. Let's just go with greatest hits. You have your Johnny Levers, you have your Jim Carrey's. Jim Carrey is definitely and one. Kevin have, Spacey surprisingly is a very good impersonation. I mean, yeah. Yeah, for a lot of time, for a lot of time uh, Kevin Spacey impersonated a straight guy. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. He did it very well. Amazing job. It was it was an open secret. That's how that's how. And we Trump it. is impersonating a U.S. president. How cool is that? Everyone's impersonating something or the other. What are you impersonating? I'm impersonating a podcast host at this point. Now, impersonations. We have sarcastic. no wonder this podcast is not going anywhere. Obviously, it's not because you're just going impersonating. On. You have to live it, dude. You have to give your hundred percent. Be the ball. Feel the ball. Uh sarcastic humor which is next sarcastic humor do we really need to explain it yeah so you have what self deprecating where you put yourself down to make other people laugh at you hmm. point and laugh and then you have dark humor which is now this will go on for the next 20 minutes because bogus <laughs> loves dark humor and he's going no. to speak for the next 20 minutes just explaining what dark humor is Go on, bogus. I'm sleeping. Dark humor is, as the word sounds, uh, it's also called gallows humor, where you are um, finding something funny that usually would be, if it was quite literal, then you would recoil in horror. But it is not literal. It is an imaginary thing. 
that's where you get the freedom to laugh at it and when you laugh at tough things you laugh at dark things that's basically how you're coping with life you're coping with difficulties and tribulations and trials and ooh all of that stuff heavy stuff dark humor really helps you process that's all i had i didn't really have that much you really hyped it up there are some people out there who started loving history more than what you just said you should follow the words of the great rajnikanth and he said gatam gataha i'm going to translate that to all our non telugu tamil malayalam speaking folks go ahead what rajnikanth actually meant is stop listening to bogus and his boring fucking speeches about definitions and theoretical explanations and just listen to being brute and laugh and while you're laughing make sure thigh gap subscribe and share and share so that's really what gatam gatha means it uh, yeah, absolutely to the t it packs in all of that into just those two words na na pandale gumpaga vastai simham single ga vastun so it's true what they said about sanskrit then it's quite a complicated language sophisticated yeah language yeah wow. it's, it's not for everybody yeah so i was saying that humor is a very tricky thing humor is very complex for us to like just put it into types and classify it yeah that's why we it have it takes two a parts. lot more to understand humor that's why we have two parts for this shit what are you talking about yeah correct so we have to finish the first part to go to the second part no yeah ma we have to yeah then let's let's go deep into part 1 i want to talk about satire now you're talking yeah what about satire come on tell me fast i think it is uh, one of the most overlooked type of humor because listen guys you see artists you see actors you hear them talk on the media and you you get it right whenever they open their mouths it's like ah what close up ad what are you talking about what is ah ha 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 no it's Kya like oh my god all kinds of hot takes which no one really asked for there's a reason for that because some people are disconnected from the practical real aspect of life is it because they live inside the live inside of their heads yeah it is absolutely what are you talking about bogus i'm getting to that okay so now you made me forget what i was actually talking about <laughs> see you Fuck. have to work under pressure when you see this is what bogus that's what i'm telling you you know when you're surrounded by genius like me oh, God. you have to up your game you can't you can't just be loose about it you can't be like oh what's happening in the iraq oh what's happening on the mars you can you have to focus to focus and speak to me what i was saying was so the art of either acting or comedy these are like soft skills right everyone agrees it's not like you're a carpenter or you're or you're a plumber where you're doing something real physical tangible if there was one aspect of humor that actually has real life implications hmm. that could hmm. actually cause that social change or a revolution it is satire it is the only one parody could come close but satire is where it just doesn't stop at mocking something satire is where there is a there is an underlying message that is hidden or an underlying truth that is hidden in it where the process of processing satire from the perspective of an audience is where 
you first come across the joke the joke is could be dark it could be about something real and current affair type and the you first get the joke it makes you laugh but there is always an aftertaste with satire where after you're done with your laughter that is when the anger starts brimming to the surface because of the uncomfortable truth or the point that was just made through satire you first laugh and then you feel the anger or then you feel the disgust and that drives you to action now let's look at this from the other way around what if there was no joke to begin with what if i wanted to broach a very difficult topic like poverty or population no no let, no, no let's not go like okay let me let I'm me just, just saying, stop you there without a joke right no no that's what i'm saying it I, becomes very difficult to have a conversation with i'm people. i'm just uh, i'm just going to dial back a little sure, so go going way too deep i feel mm-hmm. first of all can satire address things or how how does satire come into the picture right, right? the I, i have i have an issue with satire is not everybody gets a satire joke yeah okay because again how it it is more relevant to how you are connected to the topic on which satire is being built on i'm trying to get to the point where satire is a very it's it's a gray area it is yeah because there's layers the lot of layers And right the, you asked a really good question before uh, which was what is the need for satire or what drives the need for satire right right i feel like satire only exists because there is some kind of obstruction to actual freedom of expression the reason why satire exists is because you want to say something but you can't directly say it for whatever reason so you are hiding that message now inside of a joke or you're hiding it you're putting it underneath some layers because you want you don't really necessarily you're masking the real message you're right? masking the message through humor yeah but you're also adding it underneath so the people who get it will get it it's not something that is driven towards a mainstream audience or the majority of the population it is accepted and understood that only a select few people of people would get this and we are okay with that so give me an example of satire satirical comedy just so that we have a clarity of you know a real time example satirical comedy uh you could think of it as what the court jesters used to do um where no give a more real time example like r- contemporary example contemporary example uh, i think jandiala was great at satirical comedy so jandiala uh, for those who don't know he is he was a movie director he made telugu movies and his style of humor uh, resembles closely to um rishikesh mukherjee's style of comedy for those uh, who know rishikesh mukherjee's works and jandiala was a little bit more biting and a little bit more edgier yeah than way edgier, very close way, to the laser beams yeah way edgier than rishikesh mukherjee but pokes holes points uh, points out uh, you know faults in our social structure and makes traditions really funny. i think he used to make a, a lot of fun uh, on traditions conventions of you know uh, societal conventions that are there yeah, which are termed coined to be taboo or something like that yeah and to give you an example there there was a movie uh, in there was a telugu movie where the hero or the uh, protagonist there's a scene where he is greedy and he wants to make as much money as possible so what he does is he goes to the factory where they make jeans 
and he basically starts eating pan spits on the jeans no on the shirts on the shirts also the shirts. does not on the pants it's not also. greedy uh, so the context basically is he mm-hmm. loves a girl mm-hmm. but he's this useless guy with no job and all right and some astrologer tells that within so and so time will become like a king right so he just goes blindly on the predictions right okay and he keeps telling his would be father in law uh-huh. that i will become a king right so you better give your girl your daughter to me now because anyhow i'm becoming a king right but the father in law is is a successful businessman yeah. so he knows what goes into becoming successful mm-hmm. so he challenges him saying that if you can get x amount of money within this time then i'll, I'll give, give my, you daughter my daughter to you. Yeah. yeah so then he's basically going from and he's a smart guy it's he, not that he's he's a very street smart yeah, guy yeah he's a street smart guy and he comes across a person who's about to commit suicide okay and then he goes and saves this guy because he's a nice guy the mm-hmm. protagonist and he asked him why are you trying to suicide and he said i got this lot of textile you know the shirt pieces whatever and the order got cancelled and mm-hmm. i have i have spent every pe- last penny of mine to acquire this order right and now i don't have any anywhere else to go but mm-hmm. to kill myself then he starts consulting he starts offer he starts to offer consultation to this saying that if i help you out in selling this lot yeah will you give me the said amount of money so that i have my own problem of you know going and getting my love of my life so that's how he ends up at the factory and he comes up with these street smart ideas of yeah ways to sell he pokes i holes. remember yeah he was poking holes in clothes like in trousers uh, which we are now walking around in ripped jeans back then when this movie came out it was in the 80s or 90s early 90s early 90s yeah. there was no concept of ripped jeans or distressed jeans or there are literally jeans where it actually looks like someone's uh, spat pan on the jeans dude Yeah yeah it has spots and shit yeah so you know of the bullet hole jeans with Wrangler or Levi's oh, came out yeah, yeah 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 they were they were big thing dude they were big yeah. thing so that is when you can say satire is so effective because this guy he made fun of something that also turned out to be prophetic in nature like 10 years or uh, 20 20 years down the line this is the trend that we are following i'm wearing ripped jeans right now you know yeah So satire is also it's grounds for revolution like i said when you want to get more people on your side you could either do it with an impassioned speech a la hitler right and have hordes of people raising their hand and following your every word or you could be a funny motherfucker you know like you could you could just so i got a weird thought yeah do you think dave chapel is satirical in his comedy because oh yeah a lot of his stand up acts are about how police treat blacks and i know i'm touching like a very sensitive nerve here oh, but yeah. uh, you know early listeners yeah like now people are going back a lot of stand ups a lot of people activists and all are going back and say are, are now telling that hey dave shapel predicted this he he you know he bought it out in the open that this actually happens right right I mean one of the jokes that I remember is whenever Dave Chappelle's house is robbed mm. he doesn't complain to the police because you know I mean the whole joke was about how police will come to his house sprinkle white powder on him yeah I mean like all kinds of shit right yeah, they will yeah. make him the he'll be they'll be like hey this guy robbed the house and put up his own family pictures yeah. in this short time to make this house look like his own yeah whereas they don't even consider that he raised the complaint yeah right I think uh, the take on police brutality towards blacks mm. right i feel that is satirical if you can call it i don't know if you can call that satirical I feel but it, that does address 
or or yeah it's a social issue he's making right. you laugh but there is the ugly truth underneath correct everything that he's saying right and that was true with richard pryor as well there was a lot oh, of yeah. ugliness yeah. underneath what he was saying right but people were laughing um also if i have to compare chapel's work if you compare his sketch show hmm. to oh, his yeah, stand up yeah. yeah then his stand up is satire light compared to his i know the chapel show oh my the god the chapel show is amazing that was like a hammer of satire dude. Right. it was like thor's hammer or something right very potent right right i think satire basically i know we are going deep into it but my final thoughts on satirical comedy the best way somebody can understand or if you have to exp- if i have to explain it to somebody mm-hmm. what i would say is if a joke makes you think yeah right about the reality of life or something anything if yeah. it is provocational if there is an aftertaste right. it's not just i came i laughed and i left right you you take the joke back home yeah. or you start seeing the joke everywhere yeah uh, i think that is a better way to put it yeah uh then it becomes like a satirical comedy right or oh, a yeah. satiric satirical joke yeah or however which is um which is opposite to sarcastic comedy which is exact opposite to it sarcastic comedy makes pun of a particular instance uh-huh. and it closes the loop like sar- sarcasm is more like a conclusion it's a closed ended thing it's yeah. a closed ended thing yeah, there's yeah. no loose ends to it yeah. right there's no leash that there's no rope that you can hold on to true so i think if i don't know if, if people can correct me uh, or give in their own inputs but i think sarcasm is the exact opposite of satirical sarcasm doesn't it blatantly approaches the reality Mm-hmm. right and just re- reiterates the reality in such a way that it's just funny satiric takes an indirect turn or it it pokes at the reality in an indirect way it doesn't mm-hmm. really go directly to it yeah it's not a direct attack yeah there are hypotheses then there is this premise and there is a context and this yeah. and that and satire is not conversational no right it is it's mo- it, it takes a lot of effort to build a satirical joke yeah that's why it's way easier to show it like in a sketch or in a movie yeah rather than in a stand up uh, comedy bit absolutely absolutely even scary movie is satirical in a way if you mean some of them when they use it that way for example um there's a horror movie called cabin in the woods which came out recently right um basically the whole plot of that movie was uh playing on common horror movie tropes Right, like almost right. every stage of how people get killed right right of how the tension builds up right everything was using common movie tropes or the movies that came before them right so you can say that was a satire on you know you don't call it a parody the horror genre parody i don't call it because they didn't really copy one exact thing hmm. they were taken from many movies so then what is it a parody of you can say it's a parody of all the movies or it is making a comment on the tropes of horror movies what do you what do you think sasha bohn cohen does do you think he does satirical or he does uh, parodies i think it's a combination of slapstick and satire is with a few characters like ali g etc you can say there is satire but i don't know if there's satire in everything there's more of slapstick the slapstick is the common thread that i right. see with that guy okay and he maybe combine something else fair enough because when he tries to give examples of how something was a satirical take not everything seems to fly for me like some i agree like his a uh, thing about how ali g was satirical hmm okay i get it but borat borat also he tried to explain i don't think i bought it okay 
I don't think I bought it at all. So but he definitely is one of the smartest comics who's out there according to me. Well, uh, his character crea- creations are are really really good. Yeah, his character creations his, are good. They're yeah, memorable. They're you memorable, can't forget yeah. General Aladdin. Like I've not watched that movie still I know the name General Aladdin. Right. So you can see the impact. Um but yeah, I think he's more of a performer rather than a set satirical guy or a f- funny guy because it's lot more in the impersonation and the George characters. do you think George Carlin is satirical Oh yeah Bill Burr maybe he has some jokes that are but I, I don't think it's his complete entire thing fair enough but yeah Carlin because when his specials later on when he became old and angry there was quite a lot of anger to take away from a lot of his jokes where does your hum like where does where do you tap to become humorous so there is a source right like yeah. for everything like i mean creativity always has source mm. and like you said say george carlin was very angry later in his days and you know he kind of took a different style of i mean his specials comedy. were more angry i don't know if he he was angry himself but his specials were yeah okay and they were funnier for me for me at least for that reason so where do you think is the source where do you think somebody gets their humor from is it purely their surroundings or is it a mental state like where does that that element of being funnier the funniest guy in the room come from funniest guy in the room is more of a showbiz thing it's more of a performance because the minute you're trying to be funniest then it's a performance because yeah, th- okay then uh, strike out that question hmm. uh, then let's go back to the first version of it what where do you think the source of humor is yeah for like like we said like uh, because there's so many different types of humor i think it is different for different people okay you know so if you ask me if there is something that uh, you know i feel is wrong and that i don't have the immediate power to do something against it to correct it then i'm going to process it by making fun of it or mocking it So you know will so you say that helplessness kind of helps you become a, more funny It's a mixture of in my case at least it's a mixture of helplessness anger disgust a uh, little bit of powerlessness against a problem that is so big that no one person can really do something to fix you need helplessness it. or adversity Everyone. which one would you put your money on No helplessness against for you adversity. for you I'm saying Yeah for me It's helplessness against some kind of adversity right Okay some kind of a problem because it's exactly opposite for me You yeah know, i for me i have to be in this happy state mm. to be able to be funny yeah you know uh, i think this is something that we discussed before also yeah uh, if i am say if i'm bogged by some issue and it can be any issue right mm. uh i just can't be funny i can't even go back to that place yeah. because i know few people like you are a good example of that mm. where you get irritated by something yeah. right and and then after some time you go back to it and you can you are able to derive a joke out of it yeah yeah right any kind of joke yeah for me that's not the case for me even if i go back to like something that i'm irritated about mm. i'm still irritated about it yeah you know it so which which always made me wonder and and i'm a person who strongly believes that everybody is funny oh uh, yeah yeah everyone right? is it's funny. just that they don't bother to tap that side yeah right uh 
so i always wonder like okay why don't people tap that side because life is so simpler right when you are when you realize that there is a certain place that you can go to in your head hmm. where things can you know through humor you can break down things into a simpler format for you to accept it mm-hmm. then why don't people leverage that because i think the major blocker is you need to be uh and i'm not joking but it does need humility and he, this is oh, that's a good point by the way yeah uh humor is a very serious business people i i was having this conversation with one of my friend mm-hmm. um and he was like dude i'm not so funny i can imagine when you guys are sitting in whatever writing jokes or whatever it is right i can imagine that i don't think i have anything to contribute to and i want to i don't want to be a party pooper right and i was like dude you have no idea like if if i can only imagine if somebody is writing a joke mm-hmm. i can't imagine he sitting with a pen and paper and just laughing his ass off like ha 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 this is so amazing <laughs> yeah, i yeah. just can't see that because and it was resonated by what dave chappelle said once huh. uh, where he said that comics have this huge responsibility mm-hmm. of going so deep to any point mm-hmm. to find the funny that they stop having value for them or they almost it's painful for them yeah right yeah. Uh, where, because they're trying to go to a place where nobody else is going mm. and it's a very serious thing mm-hmm. you have you need to be courageous you need to be so self assured that you can come back from there right etc 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 right so like you said yeah, it's not a joke to to just talk about humor yeah and no yeah i agree but also as a direct response to your question right like everyone is funny but how come some people don't hone it hmm. it's because like you gave the example of uh, a guy you knew right right there's a guy even i used to know where his just way of being the sad part is we only know so many guys exactly his just way of being was funny he didn't really have to make a joke yeah. you know just his yeah. personality the way he expressed his thoughts uh the way he uh combined with his voice yeah. whatever it is body language they use every he part was, of their body yeah, right? he was a walking talking source of fun yeah, yeah and when they come and say something like uh i wish i could also write down jokes and you know make jokes like that yeah and then if i say but don't you realize like you yourself are yeah, a source yeah, never yeah, ending yeah. we find almost everything you do funny right and we laugh at it so then it goes to because the way they i see a reaction to that like as if they they're taken aback or they take a step back because they can't believe it no it's not how did you say that to me that i'm funny no the fact is they're taking a step back because for them it is like oh you're saying that i myself am funny like i'm the joke so people are going to be laughing at me oh oh yeah okay. I, i i would rather want to write down jokes and i would want to present this on the stage and i want people to clap and laugh at that but i can't yeah. be the butt of the joke like yeah. you're saying people are going to laugh at me how yeah. am i supposed to like that right, right. i'm saying if you coming to this line bro you got to have zero ego you have to oh, be the butt I agree. of the joke the fear of vulnerability exactly. right exactly yeah humor yeah if, hmm i get that i think yeah that that answers my question as to why people don't go there because uh, because you need to take you have shots. to strip naked yeah right? you have to strip naked and it's is the same in acting in a way you know you can as an actor you can mm. act so many different characters right right but tell an actor to act as himself they can't do it yeah they just don't have that image of how to be myself it's like putting a mirror in front of them and saying like just just copy it but and they just can't do it all i do is copy other stuff what that's, is 
as a yeah it's so who ironical am, right who am i who am i yeah like the great jackie chan said yeah handa wanda nga ayyo satapna varo that was from police story 3 yeah <laughs> so we are giving the credit so that we don't get have any copyright issues yeah yeah so yeah it is a uh, it's a deep thing what we just said you need to experience defeat you need to be able to accept rejection rejection you need to uh, be able to accept the concept of death that yes you're going to die it's a, it's around the corner there's no it way it can happen any time it can happen any time the people you love the people you enjoy who, whose company you enjoy yeah everyone's got to go you know are we still talking about humor or are yeah. we talking about death no i mean it i think death plays a huge role in the humorous process at least it's always there at the back end like it's always there behind okay then I, okay i have another question yeah at what point do you see funny at what point do you see the humor in it you know like mm-hmm. for example i'll take my own example mm. i said i'm if i'm very happy is when i can see the fun, in the fun parts of things right and that is because if i'm not happy mm. or i'm not in that state i can't quite accept things right right so when i don't accept things i can't really feel their mind to do something about it mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. for instance if i have to like crack a joke about you right i should be in in the frame of mind or i should have that absolute confidence that hey you know bogus is a really good friend of mine mm. and anything i say or anything i you know intend to put across mm-hmm. bogus will get me okay that's the confidence i need to have for me to put out anything yeah and that conviction gives the the fun part of it or the humor part of it that allows me to drive that so what point at what point do you think people generally see the humor of it because i still can't quite figure out mm-hmm. how people evaluate humor you know it is it's such a tricky thing it's so many permutations and combinations mm-hmm. right one i feel the only thing that i figure out is if you can portray that you're a funny guy mm. somehow yeah. and that's again every man every person for themselves yeah if they can portray that they're a funny person mm. any shit that they say is funny you know people react to anything they say yes right for example uh, you see kevin hart's and all the major stand ups right mm-hmm. after a point when you look closely the jokes are not that deep or they're not that great i mean talk to, about indian stand up indian stand up right yeah so but they have created this image that there are this absolutely funny people yeah. and i've actually experienced it when i went to one of the stand up shows to uh, arvin sri uh, sa arvin mm-hmm. um and i saw that hey this guy is he has that energy to just make people laugh yeah and you are also charisma. Getting, yeah not charisma it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to be charming yeah. because i spoke to this guy after the show right and he's a nice guy he's a fantastic guy mm. but the energy i was getting from the other people right right in the audience right it was like crowd mentality oh they are laughing i'm going to laugh yeah it is and sometimes it's 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 even like you know it is not even in your control you're in an auto mode the lack of individuality or individualism yeah. where you the minute you get into a crowd now you're signing so many contracts without your knowledge which right. is oh i'm at a comedy show if everyone claps i'm going to clap or right. i'm going to laugh when when it's not even that funny yeah. because this is the ambience this is the atmosphere i've come here i've paid money to laugh so many things right you so move with such a predefined notion yeah so i wanted to 
ask as to what do you think is at what point do you think people identify funny i think when it is absolutely undeniable like if there's a joke uh and there's two parts to this in my answer one part is absolutely undeniable for example i am not planning to laugh i am planning for example when i was watching the play right 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 and the the part where you were on stage huh. obviously you like to do a lot of um, uh small things like small gestures uh to add to the funny uh, overall funniness of the scene right and you try to include so many things there so my perspective as an audience is not like every other audience where they are coming because they paid money they're going to laugh hmm. i'm hmm. actually trying to judge right keep is this good or not am okay. i liking this or not so i'm looking at i'm looking at it with a very skeptical kind of judgy kind of attitude guys like you that make me look bad on stage but hang on when you do something which is completely you're going to have a talk about this by the way after the recording i don't think so because you like where i'm going when you do something okay. that is completely improved and i had no expectation of that the script of the play the way it was going until that point there was no prediction there was no way to predict that you would do something like that i'm caught off guard and then all of a sudden involuntarily i laugh hmm because it was not planned and it fit somehow in the scene and it was funny so now when it is involuntary for me when i was didn't have any intention of being a crowd mentality kind of guy that is where you know okay there is something here because i had no intention got it okay it was so forced saying, out of me so surprise element always works surprise attack and the second aspect the second part to my answer was one it is involuntary laughter right the second thing is very funny for for a lay person who is not f- known to be funny or who's just known to be a consumer right of funny stuff huh for a lay person for them they are okay they are willing to accept something as a joke or as a humorous bit as long as it is not pointing to them ah where their identity identity is not being like exactly oh, a- for example if you are talking to a tamilian guy right and you're making jokes on biharis on gujarati on gujus yeah. all these guys he is laughing his ass off the minute you say something about tamilian guys now there he's going to stop you know that yeah you're you're touching a nerve is you, with the lay people yeah, that's you, what, that's what you are is. you are you know that's an interesting thing yeah um i think we are going to uh we are going into a zone where you know which is uh, which is my favorite to- part of humor mm-hmm. right how do you one is self depreciating right yeah. deprecating what is it how do you pronounce that self deprecating don't show yeah. off don't mm-hmm. show off but yeah self deprecating mm-hmm. the other is you are kind of you know deprecating the other person or the person in front of you yeah and still you're getting a laugh out of him now there are few guys who i really admire who who do that like who like can laugh at themselves one they can laugh at themselves yeah. and then two they're picking on someone mm-hmm. and making that person laugh the most forget about the other person also so it's basically like you're picking on me mm-hmm. in in a certain way that i'm not even feeling bad yeah. but i am loving it yeah the fact that you're picking on me everyone else is laughing everyone is laughing i'm not feeling bad that people are laughing at me and instead of you being mocked at grumpy yeah or instead of you being insulted yeah. you're now the um, man of the show man yeah, of the suddenly art. you have you this... have all the spotlight exactly yeah. right and the very few comics who succeed in doing that is what i feel 
Oh yeah. Right? Uh and that for me is the highest form of humor. I where think... you make the person accept who he is mm-hmm. and see the fun part of it. Yeah. And he doesn't you don't even know that person. Yeah, I think like you always generally say how much of an important thing trust is yeah. in humor. Yeah. This part is where empathy unless you're empathetic as a comic you can put yourself in the other person's shoes true you will not be able to come to that level where you can make fun of a person but still not insult them i know? i will simplify it even further conveying intent mm-hmm. through your you know your conversation or your you Which know, is your joke effective communication it's basically effective communication yeah. number one and two yeah. it is I think that's the highest form of communication. Oh yeah, it is the end goal. End goal. Yeah. That's where you want to be when you, you say something and because self-deprecating is super easy I feel. Not for In some a way. people. For some yeah. people. Yeah, I mean like I'm talking about people who have invested enough on themselves right. through humor, right? right. Uh for them it's very easy because the it's safe mm-hmm. number one yeah. nobody's going to judge you for hey you're making fun of your own teeth what what an idiot you are everyone's going to laugh everybody's going to laugh yeah. because everybody feels safe safe right he's not going to come to me because he's too much to speak about himself yeah you're you're i think the easiest thing to make somebody laugh is portray this loser image right exactly nothing against it yeah. i mean that's that's fine right yeah. humor is humor but i I'm, i feel that's the easiest way to do it like i'm saying dude i'm i'm an idiot and people are like ha 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 wow you're an idiot cool yeah but the challenging thing according to me is calling the other person the idiot yeah. and still winning the conversation making them laugh making them laugh like getting the laughs out of that person yeah that for me is like i think that is you know you, you have to be like a genius to do that yeah because you're playing a very tricky game there you're dealing with ego exactly and not even your ego which is so fragile right handle with care this way up this way up yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's another interesting topic bogus which is um how do we get there right yeah. like the highest form of humor what is the highest form of humor uh is one and i think to know that mm-hmm. we have to go back to what all goes into humor right right, right. in the sense like like we started of the conversation humor is not a simple thing it's a very complex thing oh, yeah. for me it is it is a concept as close to as god for right? me it is a concept as simple and as complicated at the same time as love you are a romantic kind uh, i'm romantic. i'm a, i'm a philosophical kind so right. obviously our examples are different but we we understand to share yeah, yeah. Uh, i think we are on the same page so why was i saying that again i think you're saying that because This is not a small subject and that's the reason why you have a part 1 and a part 2. Oh yeah, so this brings us to, you know, uh saying a momentary bye to this topic. Yeah. A bit. And It's we are going conclusion. to say hi to it again soon in the next week's episode. Next week's episode. Sorry for keeping everyone waiting for how will the end look? Will there be light at the end of the tunnel? How many people will die in the process and How sacrifice their lives? How many holes does a jeans have? How many comedy bits are there? Are there any songs? All unanswered questions will be answered in the next episode of the Thigh Gap podcast. So make sure you tune in guys and uh, it's going to be one hell of an episode. A part one and part two of the longest threat is on humor ever done on an Indian podcast. Thigh Gap, subscribe. and share guys and share 
Oh, we almost forgot the parcel section. No, we didn't forget. We were just going there. The parcel section for today. Can you allow some amount of surprise to be involved? Why do you always have to break the bubble? Let's let's do another take. Okay. So that's uh, part one, guys. Oh, we almost forgot about the parcel section. Oh, oh no. What lucky dude. Almost. Just We almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So parcel section for today uh, is on the lines of humor. We have two funny movies for you guys. Yeah. Uh, one from being brute and the other from not being brute. That's all you need to know. If you, if you want to know why Bogus Noog is Bogus Noog, it's because he's not being brute. That's the main thing. And um, that's his biggest regret. Brut, I'd like to I'd like you to start off with your recommendation. What do you have for us today? Oh, it's a fantastic movie back from the 90s. Uh give or take. But it's not a lo- it's not a very well spoken it's not a what do you say? Mainstream mainstream movie. Yeah. Kind of movie. Thanks for helping me out with the language as always. Uh the name of the movie is called Weekend at Bernie's. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a super funny movie and I also want to point out uh, after I tell the basic plot of the movie a lot of Hindi movies have taken out this particular plot into the scripts Bro, right? a lot and made, of Hindi movies have taken out plots from a lot of other movies you get what I'm saying yeah and they also have taken out a lot of our time and wasted yeah. them but anyways The Weekend at Bernie's is a fantastic movie it's basically it starts off with two guys Right, who are this chemcha kind of people who are basically ass licking his boss, the two sales guys, okay? Mm-hmm. And they are two calm chore kind of people who don't really want to work hard and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? And uh, his their boss is again a similar guy who's you know who's kind of has a larger than life kind of a, uh, you know persona, and his his life is always about parties and all that. Okay. So what hap- The story starts off with their boss inviting these two guys to his beach house, uh-huh. right? And in the beach house, he's like, "Hey, you should you guys should come over for the weekend. I'm going to my beach house. So why don't you guys join me and we'll have party. like party?" Yeah. So long story short, they get, these guys go to the beach house and they start realizing the dark side of their boss. Uh-oh. So basically, he's affording all this larger than life, uh, you know, kind of a lifestyle by by scamming other people. Shady shit, as right? always. Shady shit. Uh, but the way it's a very well done movie. It's a very it's a well taken movie. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the movie after these guys figure out is comedy of errors. The boss dies. Oh no. And then what? Ha- and these guys are so reluctant to leave the beach house because, of course, they really look forward for this it's weekend. A, it's right? a beach house. It's a beach house uh, in US. Yeah. So back then, a lot of people couldn't afford beach house. So these guys wanted to make the most out of it, and that's how they end up roaming around with the dead body of their boss. Oh. And it's a complete comedy of errors of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the premise is all comedy of errors. And it's a very funny movie, very well taken. And in fact, a little trivia: Rachel Green from Friends' mm-hmm. favorite movie is *Weekend at Bernie's*. Okay. If that is not an inspiration, you mean the character, not the actress. The actress, yeah. No, no, no the character. The character. I know the actress's name. You jackass! It's 
Jennifer I just uh, wanted to confirm you know you don't confirm things with me I'll confirm things with because you because brute tends to have double triple vision sometimes guys and you need to check a few things uh, with him like brute how many fingers am I holding up four see no, I was holding up two and bogus nook has like memory lapses I rest lapses. my case I he has memory lapses my case his focus is less than a squirrel's focus right and that's why it happens he forgot that he raised the other two fingers after he raised the first two fingers great parcel recommendation there brood weekend at bernies guys check it out coming over to my recommendation an epic a classic don't do it personal favorite of don't Bo- do this to me bogus this is unfair no 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 i am doing you it you called shotgun when i was not even there i am doing this because we're going to go into this together this is a personal favorite a tie gap stamp of approval yeah one of the greatest comedy works of all time absolutely monty python the quest for the holy grail hee ha dude one of the best movies i can't believe that you stole that from under my nose i didn't steal it we'll go at it together What's no no i no i give you the thing i have other ones okay so monty python if you don't know about them they were a comedy group in britain Uh, a group of geniuses a group of geniuses who came up in oxford and cambridge and uh, they came up from the comedy scene in f- those colleges and they got a show uh, at bbc it was called monty python's flying circus it was a sketch comedy show again a staple a legend uh, in the comedy world the pinnacle of the pinnacle humor. of uh, sketch comedy yeah and then they went on to make uh, the quest for the holy grail their first comedy movie which is based on king arthur and his knights of camelot at the round table they go out on a quest to find the holy grail because arthur gets a direct um directive if i can say that from god himself who is nothing but a the whisper cr- from the god god who is nothing but who's uh, nothing but an animated wg grace yeah <laughs> the cricketer uh from the sky tells them to go find this holy grail and so you have lancelot galahad and all these knights who have each each one of them have their own idiosyncrasies one of them is an absolute coward the other one is absolutely chaste and lancelot well he is just needlessly brave and courageous um it is it's very difficult to explain this movie like what dif- how do you know to make out the difference between an african swallow and a regular swallow for example <laughs> you know it's it's very hard to explain but there's no other comedy movie like this you should watch this is a landmark a yard, uh, a milestone in comedy films monty python and the quest for the holy grail i just want to add on to that first of all bogus your fucking brilliant choice i think it's the best parcel that we are ever sending out uh the second thing i want to add out is if you if you are a fan of slapstick and when i say slapstick mm-hmm. in the truest form you should watch out this movie check it out yeah i mean it looks like slapstick but there's a lot going on underneath as well uh, just pay attention keep your eyes peeled out and for those of you who are fans of horticulture you know oh, it's a, it's a different level for you guys altogether because there's animations as well i'm not going to spoil it any further monty python the quest for the holy grail yay yay That's it guys that's for our part 1 of humor episode number 5 How does the humor episode end tune in next week same time on Thursday on Thursday for the second part
Bye-bye. Arrivederci. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at thigap, and we are underscore thigap on Instagram.